I'm health coach Heather, and you are listening to episode 74, Talks for Teens with Dax Mitchell. Healthy Families Rule podcast hosted by health coach Heather, master health coach and wellness educator specializing in family health. This show is about raising a strong, healthy, resilient family with confidence and courage in a confused world. Hang out with me each week to learn recipes, exercise practices, and coaching tips to apply to your mental and physical well-being. Please note that the info provided in the show is intended to educate and elevate, but is not meant to be a substitute for advice from your medical provider. We are back with another podcast episode, the Healthy Families Rule podcast, and I am still doing my teen talks series uh, with my son, Dax. So yes, this is still Talks for Teens, and Dax is here with me. Dax, how you doing? I'm doing good. Awesome. How is your summer going so far? It's been really fun. Can you talk about what the funnest thing has been? Um, I think the funnest thing for me has been um, spending time with my cousin. He just came down here recently, and he's just coming down for a month, and it's been really fun to see him. And uh, he is still sleeping, and we're going to record a podcast with him for sure, so he can be doing the podcasting with us. But today, let's talk about something that I think all teens or kids can relate to, and that is sibling rivalry. Do you know what sibling rivalry is? Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about your relationship with your sibling? And you have one sister. She's younger than you. You guys are two and a half to three years apart. Tell me what it's like having a sibling. Um, I think overall it's nice to have somebody to play with and just to have fun. But at the same time, um, there's a lot of um, different places where they'll be annoying or just rude in general. Yeah, siblings do tend to talk down to each other or put each other down. I'm trying to figure out a way, Dax, how to help siblings get along more and become more friends. They're family members, of course, but to become more friends within the family. What are some good suggestions you would have for our listeners to start implementing to make their sibling more like a friend? Um, I think really just you got to look at what the interests of your sibling um, what they like to do and what they don't like to do. And you just, sometimes you got to come over to them and say, hey, do you want to do this or this? And it might be their favorite thing or their not so favorite thing. But if you come to them and you want to do something that they want to do, then it's a much easier relationship. But at the same time, you got to do things that you also will enjoy and have fun doing with the sibling. Yeah, and what if they don't want to do the things that you want to do? Um, it's really kind of a mix and match because if they if 
if it's something you don't really feel like doing, then, like, you don't have to do it, but it just makes it a better relationship, and when you think of it that way, you'll get more things in the future than you will now, because siblings are going to be a lot more open to sharing with you if you're a lot more open to playing and doing stuff that they want. Mm, I, I love that. So what I'm hearing from you, Dax, is it might not always be something you want to do, but in your heart and in your mind, you're working on building a future relationship with this sibling. So you go ahead and do it anyway. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And is there strings attached to that? Now, Are since you're doing what they want to do, are you expecting the sibling to do what you want to do? I mean, I think that should be a general expectation, but at, like you should have those expectations set very low because not everyone's going to live up to your expectations. And sometimes you just got to kind of realize that you're doing this for them and not always just for getting something out of that. Okay, good, good, good. Let's talk about when a sibling asks to borrow something of yours. And then they don't take good care of it. They break it or they ruin it or they lose it. How do you handle that as a sibling? Well, the first thing I would do is I'd say it's okay because you got to realize most things in life are replaceable. You can always get another of something. Like if a puzzle or a toy figure is broken, you can always replace it with the same one. And so it's really not, it's really not getting... Um, worth getting upset over and what I would do in that situation is I would just if if my sibling broke my toy I would just kind of get over it say it's okay but at the same time you gotta show her that that it's not okay to just walk all over you and break your stuff you gotta show her that you have to pay for this and stuff like that because if you just let her walk all over you like that, then you're just going to end up not having such a great time because all your stuff is getting broken and nothing's going to be done about that. Yeah, you you mentioned several times walking all over you. What does it mean to walk all over you? Well, I think what it means is just when, when you show somebody that um, when you let your guard down or something and somebody just decides to do something and you don't do anything about it, somebody will see that and they will think they can, it's a normal thing and they can do it all the time. Therefore, I think they're just doing things you don't like all the time and you're just not putting up anything about that. So that's what I think it means. Yeah, I see this a lot with both adults and with kids is they're walking all over me or this person is crossing a boundary or they're uh, using me as a doormat and they're taking advantage of me. And all of these thoughts, I'm just going to interject some coaching here, but all of these thoughts really cause us to feel defensive and kind of uh, a little bit rebellious towards the person who we feel is doing this to us. And when we're coming from feelings of, I got to show them, you know, we come from this attitude of like, I can't let someone treat me that way. Then we start acting 
out of alignment with who we really are. We start acting really poorly towards them and people around us because we have our guard up all the time. Would you say that's right? Yeah, I'd say that's right. I think really just to stop that is to really just say it's like forgive the person and just feel just show them that it's okay but just don't do it next time it's not more of a defensive position where it's you're getting all mad and upset over them and trying to hurt them it's more of just showing them um i didn't like that but next time um just please ask before doing something i don't want you to do yeah, you kind of give them the, the instructions to follow and hope that they follow. At what point, Dax, should a parent intervene between siblings who are fighting or not getting along? Um, I think it's really the point where it gets out of control and one sibling's either getting really, really hurt, like in emotional feelings or hurt physically. Because if... There, if there, if there's like a game going on where you're pushing each other around or something, then I feel like it's okay. But if one person, usually the bigger person, takes it too far, then there's like a limit where if the if if a parent walks in and sees the little younger kid just kind of standing back and he's taking just taking these jokes and all this. Um, kind of play fighting around, but he's not really enjoying it, then that's kind of when the parent needs to stop it before it gets too out of control. The parent needs to step in and say, hey, you have to understand when enough is enough. So maybe there's a code word that we give to each person who's playing in a game or play fighting or wrestling. And the code word might be something like, what, Dax? Um, it could, we, we, I know we as a family used to have this code word when things were getting out of hand, we'd call it red light. And every time you heard that, um, that code word, we'd always know to stop and don't do that or don't hurt this person or do this. Yeah. When you say red light, that means you have to immediately get off of the person, stop touching them back away because they're telling you that it's not okay what you're doing and they they don't feel safe or they're getting hurt or something right yeah usually you want to like if you're the one play fighting you want to make sure the other person is okay with it and that they're having a good time as well okay let's talk about tattling because nothing bothers parents more than kids coming up all day long she did this. Well, he did that. And I mean, the parent is trying to get all this work done. And all of a sudden, it's like we have to stop what we're doing and jump in. Why do kids feel like they need to tattle on each other all the time? Um, I think it's really because there's a lot of it's not fair going on in the family household. So if one sibling sees somebody doing like another sibling not doing what they're supposed to. They'll be like, it's not fair. I should have it my way. I should be able to do that if they're allowed to do that. So they'll go and tell the parents so that they won't be able to have that or that both of them will get it. And in most cases, both of them will have it taken away or they won't 
um, they won't get what they want out of it. And it really starts like a family, like a tear in the relationship, really. When that happens, like another sibling would be like, like, why would you do that to me? And stuff like that. Well, the other siblings like, well, that's not fair for me if you're allowed to do this. So it's really like, it's not a good thing to tattle every single thing, but there is a time and place when you do need to do that. And that's when things are getting out of control or something's really bad or something like that. But if it's just a small thing, that's not really what we need to do because it really starts to tear, like I said, in that relationship and the siblings kind of just break apart. So what should the parent do in the case of kids coming up to them all day long tattling on each other? Usually I would say in that situation to just work it out because um, the parents can't always be the one to solve everything for their child and the child needs to learn just to get along with that sibling because if it's always life's not fair and it's going to be that way for a long time and if that's always going to be the case then it's just not worth getting all upset over because if if somebody always has to fix your problems for you then that's not right so i think really what the parent should do is try to let them sort it out on their own Otherwise, I would just take both things away until both of them apologize and they can stop tattling. And another good thing is to just set a rule like that. Like if if you tattle on someone else and it's not and if it's a small thing, then this is the consequence. Because really, as a parent, I can see that that really bothers parents when they're trying to work and they're trying to prepare dinner or any meals and stuff like that. So really what I would do is just set kind of a rule or, like you said, just intervene with the red light code word and just say, um, I'm not in the mood for this. You two work it out on your own or however that would happen. And that's what I would do in that situation. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm wondering how kids can work it out on their own. This seems so hard for kids to do when they're so mad at each other. How do kids just work it out on their own without parents getting involved? Well, I usually think of when kids are tattling, they're either out. I think they're mostly steering towards electronics when this comes in. And so what I would do in this situation is I would just say, I'm going to set a timer and when this timer goes off, I'll give it to you. And then you'll set a timer and so on. But um, it's kind of hard for the child to just give it away because a lot of these small addictions can turn into really big addictions. And then the other child will feel left out and just not included anymore. And so what you really need to do is probably just set, like, make sure they're setting timers and just being like, like they're following through with their deals because it's really not fun to the other child if they're not getting what they want, even though the other child gets what they want. Um, okay, so you're talking about specifically in our household because we don't really do a ton of electronics. At least we try really hard to limit that in the summer for sure. 
say like I was brushing Jojo's hair and it was taking a long time because she has long hair and there's lots of knots in it or whatever. And I let her play the iPad while that's going on to keep her quiet, to keep her sitting still. You come along, you see that she's playing the iPad. I don't want you to play it, but you get really jealous. Now what? Is this the unfairness that you're talking about? Yes, this would be what I'm talking about. Um, In most cases like these, I think in that situation, which it has happened before, I, I know, but um, um, the, the smart thing to do would be trying to earn electronics instead of trying to just take it or like just be rude all the time because that's not getting what you want out of it and it's not helping anyone else either. So the smart thing to do would be try to understand where the parent's coming from or how this is happening. And that's really what I'm steering towards because that's always going to be the case of jealousy. Then it's not going to work for both parties. Yeah. Uh, Can we talk about jealousy for a second? What would be some, some reasons a sibling would be jealous of another sibling? Well, like I said, in most cases, electronics is a really big one because um, it's really addicting for most people, and um, that that's a big one, but it could also be small things like food or candy and stuff like that, um, but in those cases, it's just really limiting stuff and sharing stuff because that's just how it should work and that's not always going to be the case but that's what you want is for both parties to agree and they'll always be like they won't feel like they're broken up and they need to be on their own for this certain thing and they won't take it or steal it or just hog it I'm wondering if there's an underlying cause of this unfairness does one child in a family ever feel like oh, gee, it looks like mom and dad love this other child more. Therefore, this other child is getting all of that, the things that I want. I mean, what are some of the thoughts deep below the surface for a child who feels like things are unfair? Um, well, a lot of times it's when one person sees someone getting something like it could be an award or a toy or something, and they'll look at it and say, well, am I not good enough for that? Or I'm? it's just not fair. It's one of the most um, things that try to come up for the child is it's not fair. So when that happens, most of the child's will, most of the, the children will try to be like, like try to prove others wrong and try to get what they want. And it won't end up like it should. And it'll always end up like where both people are not getting what they want. Is there, okay, I hear you, but is there a way for the the parent not to have to give both of the children the same thing? So it might feel unfair, but that other child, both of them still feel completely loved and accepted within a family. How do we create that? Well, I mean, um, that's kind of a hard one because each child needs to feel like, I feel like they always want it to be fair and they always want it to be their way. And so... Um, when it's not their way, that's when they get out of control, that's kind of what happens. But 
if you want it to be kind of like unfair but still feel like they're loved, I feel like a good one is to also spend quality time with your children or specifically child because if you see one child is kind of sad and down, then that's really kind of your cue to just step in and show them that they're loved and accepted too. Yeah, I think this is, again, where I have to interject my two cents on the importance of parents spending the one-on-one time with each child so that when these situations come up and it feels like it's not fair to one of them, it's not as magnified because you've already taken the time as a parent to be with that child and spend that time with them. I would also like to say here as a coach to help the child work on the thought, it's not fair. I mean, that thought right there can be kind of poisonous to the brain, right, Dax? Yeah, that really kind of, it feels like, I think, to the child, it when you have those thoughts in your head, it's really more of a, it's kind of almost like a terror in the the child itself because now they're thinking crazy thoughts like, I'm not good enough for this and I need to have this and that. Yeah, it really gets out of control. And what you need to do there is just kind of just set limits and spend time. And it, it like you need to show them that just because somebody else got something the other didn't, that's that doesn't mean they're not loved. It just means that they get this because of this. Exactly. So I'm wondering if there are some thoughts that we can help children and teens your age to think instead of the words, it's not fair. Can you maybe give us an example of a different thought we can replace with it's not fair that would maybe help a child feel more at peace? Yeah, I think a big one would probably be it's okay because um. Being able to sense that somebody else got something just because of they have long hair or something, the the words it's okay is a really big help because you're basically saying it's okay. They got this, but it's okay because I still I, I'm still loved in this family. I still have a place in this family and it's okay. And so when you think about it, it's okay just really means that it's okay. And so the child will start to think, now this is fine. It's just a normal thing that that the sibling goes through. And just because I don't get that special attention doesn't mean I'm not loved. That was perfectly said. It's okay. And I also love this one. Nothing's gone wrong here. When I think to myself, when I see something that seems like it's going wrong, if I just tell my brain nothing's gone wrong here, it allows me to really calm down and not get emotionally worked up. So this, this is so important, you guys, for, for your teens to hear this and your tweens to hear this, that there are definitely sentences we need to replace in our brain with it's not fair. We need to replace it's not fair with it's okay now. I'm just fine. I have a place in this family and nothing's gone wrong here. If we can teach our kids to keep going back to those thoughts when they see something they want that they can't have, they'll be able to cope so much better with the reality of life. Because how many times are they going to face something in reality as an adult that definitely won't feel fair? I mean, you're going to face it over and over again, whether it's on the job, 
whether it's paying taxes, whether it's something that happens to you in a religious setting, you're going to think those thoughts, it's not fair. And if you can just cut those thoughts off right when they start to come into your head, because the brain's looking for danger, the brain wants to defend it, defend you so you don't, so you can survive and you can thrive in this world. So it's looking for danger. But if we can just tell the brain that nothing's gone wrong here and it's okay, those are the thoughts I want you to think. Don't you think, Dax? Yeah, that's what I think too, because those thoughts could be really comforting to any child in any household. And it could apply to many different situations. And when you look at it in life, there's going to be like a lot of different situations where the child needs to step away and be like, it's okay. Because as you say, um, when you grow older and you have to drive a car and pay taxes, it's there's going to be a lot of situations where it's going to need to be, it's okay. Absolutely. And with that, you guys, we're going to leave you with this episode, Talks for Teens with Dax Mitchell. Thank you so much for listening to the Healthy Families Rule podcast. Please, if you would, share this podcast with a family or friend or your child who may may get some uh, wisdom from this and get the help that they need. And as always, come on over to healthcoachheather.com if you'd like to learn more about my coaching program and my coaching for tweens and teens. I do a lot of just one-on-one quick little 30-minute sessions of life coaching with kids. So you can check that out. In addition, I do some weight loss coaching with parents. So any any overweight teens that are over the age of maybe 15 and uh, overweight parents who want to get in shape and get healthy and teach their, their kids to be healthier. I do a lot of coaching on that. So come on over to healthcoachheather.com. Come learn about all I have to offer. And thanks for tuning in. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.